Hey, EJ listeners. Today, we're going to talk about not being a hamster on a wheel and making sure that you're taking care of the people that are already in your business in order for them to help you grow your business and um, closing the back door so you're not losing some of those really great patients and clients that you have in your business. Hey everybody, Jason here with Brandon and Chelsea, the usual crew. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Always, always nice to get together and talk things uh, entrepreneurial and juggernauty. And so, uh, <laughs> juggernauty. Juggernauti. So here's something. If I say stop being a, uh, a hamster on a wheel, what does that mean to you guys? Stop it, it is a little naughty. Repeat, hitting the repeat, hitting the repeat button. Day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. Yep, right. So I think that's a good topic today because no matter what you're doing, whether you are uh, you know, a chiropractor or a dentist and, or you run a clothing store or you're a physical therapist or selling buffalo wings, if you're constantly trying to get new clients and not ever working on keeping the existing amazing clients or patients that you have, it's exhausting. It exhausts. It's, it's like you work so hard on the process to get people in. And and that's an important part of it. That's how you build your fucking business. But once you have some of those great people you're feeding into the system, if you're watching them disappear over the days, months, and years, then you're missing a massive opportunity to build up your volume by keeping them. So let's talk about some things that we see that people are not doing or things that people are doing. And maybe we can think of one of, of each as we go around of, uh, of keeping people and building up that retention long-term. Any thoughts on that? I, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is keeping them engaged. So they, they come in, certainly in our clinics, I'm thinking first that they come in, there's this wonderful experience and they meet the doctors and they go over all these different things about their case and their health and their symptoms. And, and man, they're really excited and engaged in it. And then that can just go away and visit even three, four, five down the road because now they're just in, plugged into our systems, they're running but we can forget to really keep them excited. They were so into it as we start. And this can be any business. Someone's excited about a new coffee shop that opened. We're, we're excited about a new yeah, coffee we shop are. that opened True across story. the street. Um, but they got to be able to keep us engaged, not only with their products, but more of their interactions. So I think how do you keep your, your customer engaged is where my head first goes. Another thing too, I think is like with different businesses that I go to, personal experiences, if I am go there and I go there and I go there, I'm not going to usually recommend it to someone until I like completely trust them, know their product's going to be reliable, consistent. And so I think for a lot of businesses, you can actually start to work a little bit less on getting new people because if you take care of the people you have, they're going to refer people and bring people to you versus you having to, you know, like you said, keep spinning your wheels to get new people, not spending as much time as you're on your current people or your current clients or patients or whatever and I don't know, they can do some of the work for you if you take care of them. Yeah, no, I think those are, there's some good points you guys hit on. So I think that one thing is, I think what you alluded to, Brandon, is like, I think you have to ask yourself, are you taking people for granted that you already have? That, mm-hmm. you know, you, you took care of them, they signed up, they paid, whatever the case may be. And now you just assume that they're yours forever. And in the reality, there's, there's a thousand other businesses and maybe even just like 10 in your community 
but that person is on their target list. That other chiropractor wants that person as a patient. That other store wants that person as a client. That restaurant wants them eating in their restaurant. And if you have them right now, if you don't do all the things you need to, you're just a day away from them meeting that person. And then if they take care of them, they're gone just like that. And there's nothing more devastating to a business than a fantastic repeat client coming up and saying, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to head somewhere else. I'm going to try this though. Cause you're just like, shit, what happened? And it's much harder to like recoup or recapture that person as opposed to, um, you know, like just doing the right things while you have them. The other thing you said, Chelsea, I think was important to hit on too is as far as referrals go, let me move the mic closer to me. I kind of forgot. There you go. Maybe I'm loud or not. Is companies like Apple, for instance, they don't sit around and say, how do we get referrals? How do we tell people to refer? Like people will refer if your product is worth a shit. People will refer if they love what you do. For, for you, Chelsea, it took a few visits. For some, it takes one visit. For others, it takes 10 years. But you don't need to ask people can you refer? We're looking for refer. Everyone knows you want new clients. Every business wants new clients. So instead of you focusing on how to get those people to refer to you, focus on the experience and the product you provide. Apple doesn't have to say, we're looking for new clients for our, our iPhone. Do you know anyone that uses a phone? Like, no, <laughs> they just create a badass product. And they know that people will say like, I can never live with this. A million people see me with it every day. They know that, that I love it, and so then they go to get it. So I think stop worrying about how to get referrals and start worrying about the product you provide and realize that will lead to referrals. I, one thing for me that, that always keeps me coming back to certain places I frequent are little gifts of kindness or personalization. And this can be as simple as like they literally know my name when I walk in. In the coffee shop, literally next door, starting to do this. We're like, hey, Brandon, yep. Jason, how you doing? I'm, even, to, even to another level, they're like, Americanos for you guys again yep. today? They, yeah. I was there for a week and they called me by name from day yeah. one. Yeah. I love that. It's just like, cool. They actually care, know who I am. I'm a pretty frequent customer, so I'd hope so, but they do. Um, other little things, in our clinics, we, we give patients their all of their files, all their x-rays and stuff on a little a little flash drive or a little gift that we hand to them. My, my golf club did this. They, they put my name on a, a little tag that went on my golf bag. It was an engraved piece of wood that says my name on there. And again, that has nothing to do with their services, but that little act of kindness or that little gift, I still talk about it. I'm right now on the podcast that I'll never forget that. I remember it. It's, it's just a cool way to stay connected with it's actually a common thing in the world of golf. Any great place you go, yeah, come yeah. to think of it, any mm-hmm. amazing resort that you could play golf at, there's all of a sudden a, a, a tag. Like if you went to like the, the wind golf course, right, in right, Vegas, right, right. or you go to Pebble Beach or whatever, all of a sudden there's this beautiful tag and you're like, oh my God, I didn't even pay for that. Yeah, you did. It's 500 bucks to play a fucking <laughs> right. round of golf, right? You paid for it <laughs> 10 times over. But all of a sudden now you're talking about that. So I think that's another thing to kind of throw out there is pricing. If you price yourself to so low that this is what you need to pay your bill, right? Then you have no room to do shit. You have no customer appreciation. You don't have no free golf bag tags. You don't have room for a beverage center. Like all this stuff that people want when they come in that separates you from other people. If your whole thing is we're just as cheap as shit and that's, a, that's, our, that's what makes us incredible. Like, you know, if someone went to Old Navy to buy a shirt or something, they know they're just getting the cheapest product there is. There's not going to be any glitz or glamour or all kinds of stuff. You're just going for the $2 t-shirt. That's what you want. But if you go somewhere like Nordstrom's, right, there is coffee, there is a restaurant, there's someone playing music. It's like it's, it's much more 
ambiotic, right, for the client coming in there, and it creates much more, uh, more of an extraordinary circumstance. And I think that's what people need to see is it starts with how you price your product. Leave enough room to invest back in uh, into the, the client when they come in. I think that's going to pay dividends. In our world, too, we do we do something called progressive discovery. It, it's, you know, rechecking back in with the patient's results, their, their progress, things of that nature. And this can, again, be applied to all kinds of business, whether you own a, a tax return company or coffee. But really getting their feedback, getting testimonials from these people, touching base with them, how are you doing? Um, especially down years down the road, um, when you've already been taking care of them for such a long time, reconnecting with their new goals, their new challenges, whatever the case may be there. Uh, but I think that's super important as well. I think a lot of things, businesses that like really nail it to do a lot of things that um, customers might not necessarily expect or even notice or say anything about. But for example, um, when, when I stayed down at the Omni last week in downtown San Diego, um, like every time you walk in, they have like a smell, you know, and that like, it, I love that, like when it smells good. The resort we belong to in Cabo that we have a timeshare at, same way. In fact, they even sell the smell like in a can mm-hmm. that yeah. you can buy when you go. Sell the smell. But, but all spas are that way, right? Yeah. All spas have this very like eucalyptus smelling, you know. So, I mean, it, it's all about hitting on all these senses. There's a lot of things you can do to blow people away that, like you said, it, it's, a, it's a free note. It's a free coffee or product or whatever the case may be. Then there's just the things that they don't notice that subconsciously they love. Mm-hmm. And that's like the sound is spot on. The mm-hmm. smell is spot on. That's when, when someone has like a, if someone has a restaurant next to their business and it has a grease trap and it only smells like bacon, you know, in their health spa, people are subconsciously don't want to go back to that. They I'm don't want to go there. I know you <laughs> go. Well, yeah, maybe that's just a different market they need to go for is dudes that want to smell like bacon when they leave. But but you know what I mean? So there's some things that people notice, golf bag tag, cup of coffee, free cookie, whatever the case may be, other things they don't, which is the smell, all the senses that they're noticing. So what are some things that you guys notice successful businesses do to hit the non-recognized gift list of what, what, what's resonating with people? I think one thing that stands out again for me is the first appearance, first impression into that business. Like, And, and I'm talking stuff like the you think it'd be common sense, but the cleanliness of the outside area, what does it look like when you first walk in? Are there light bulbs out? What does the countertop look like? Is the desk a mess? Like I I judge immediately when I walk into a business, um, what is this place all about just based on appearance? So you don't have a storefront. I guess that's a little different, but most of us that do have some type of storefront, that's like to me a given, but I'll throw that out there. Well, the restaurant and the bathroom is a great example too. People think that if the restaurant or the restrooms, the restaurant at the restaurant (laughs) if the restroom looks like a shit show right and table towels all over and everything you start to wonder like what does the kitchen look like Mm -hmm. like are people really washing their hands is it is a mess and like chelsea i know you were in the restaurant industry as was i and brandon back in the day had some families in the restaurant but like i know from experience that that's true when you go in a a location that has a disastrous restroom they also probably have a kitchen that's a disaster and people don't want to eat at that. So you're right. Like people notice that stuff and pick up on that quick. It kind of sucks, but there's a lot of things that businesses, restaurants, all these types of places, if they don't do it, you notice it. But if they do it, sometimes you don't notice it, but that's not a bad thing. 
So like when it's super clean, you might not walk out and be like, wow, that was the cleanest restroom I've ever been in. But if it's dirty, you're going to be like, that was disgusting. Right. Like, how about this one? This comes to mind. It kind of drives me crazy. So tell me what you guys think about it. I still get like certain emails from like, I don't know, some accountant that I used years ago or some, some real estate agent I used years ago about happy birthday, Brandon. And it's this fake ass email that they send me. Right. So part of me is still kind of like, oh, cool. They sent it. But then the other part's like, I haven't talked to that dude in 10 years. Maybe. Right. And they still, I'm somehow on this email list that I get this generic birthday thing. So I think that's kind of lame. You guys can speak otherwise if you want, but if that's what you're thinking, you're going to connect with your patients with or your clients with, I feel like I'll, so I'll speak to the flip side of that. So I bought a house when I lived here before, moved out to San Diego and then moved back. And in that whole time, the person I used, the lender that I used, she always sent us, um, this is like that at a higher level because she would always send us personalized birthday cards. I don't even know how she got my address in San Diego. Like she did somehow though. And then when I moved back, I used her again to buy a house. Okay, so, so she took it to a different level. It wasn't yeah. just like mass email that came to like my old email account and they had no idea it was really my birthday. So well, I think people happy. know know if it's they're just a part of a procedure or right. if they're actually being reached out to. So. I mean, there's a day where probably like, and, and you know, it's, it's hard to even remember this day, but there was a day where people opened like 90% of the emails that came across yeah. their path. Like it was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, my new email account, you know, something from Nordstrom, something from this restaurant. Like you, it was actually an email. Now, like 98% of emails that come your way, don't even make it to your inbox. And if they do, then you'll bypass some of those. So I think that's a good example of what worked 15, 20 years ago send someone a, a birthday card yeah. doesn't work now. Now it may be, a, you know, I think you can get away with something similar, like a personalized reach out on Facebook. If it's in your messages and things like that, sometimes you're like, Oh, cool. I, you know, that realtor I use is here again. And I have people that do a pretty good job at that. Especially people that have repeat customers like realtors, like lenders that they know you're not going to get that. You're not going to do their business again for three years or 10 years mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. But a referral in their world or you coming back is so massive, it's worth them spending eight years to get you again. So the key is how do you, because you both hit on the exact same thing, one worked, one sucked and, and was counterproductive. So now it's how do you actually and what do you actually do to make that person know you're sincere and you actually mean that uh, versus trying to do the same thing and just making it look like that person's just part of the procedure. I think it needs to be like relevant to that specific person. You know, I think dropping in different personalized notes, using their name. I know I get a lot of things that my name is misspelled and I'm like, eh, throw it away. Like yeah, my name is in my email. How do you misspell it? Happens or a all the phone time. call, like a telemarketing call, right? And they're just like, they butcher your name before you even start. And you're just, yeah. no, like <laughs> button fast. Yeah, I mean, I think the name is a bare-ass minimum. I, I think if you don't know your client's names, and I'm talking even before you've met them, when they come in, we want our offices to say, you must be, boom, Karen Smith, Bill Sanders, whatever the case may be. Worst comes to worst, it's not. It's someone that just walked in. But in our world, if we have a new patient coming in at one o'clock and a person comes in at 1258 that we've never seen before, it's probably the new patient on the schedule, Bill Smith. Now, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a guy that moved into the neighborhood and this is actually Steve Sanders, right? So he'll say, no, I'm not Bill, right? I'm actually Steve. Awesome, Steve. Sorry, we have a new patient coming in right now. I thought maybe that was you, but what is your name and what can I do for you? No one's offended by that, right. you know. Right. But completely different than if you're like, "Hey, can I help you?" Yeah, 
yeah, what can I do for you? Is there something I could help you with? Like, you sound more like an annoyance. Yeah, that's almost like a rude thing. Like, that's what you ask someone when they walk in your office. Like, mm-hmm. can I help you? You know, like, you, you don't really want to. You're just kind of like, what the hell are you doing in my space? Like, can I help you on that? So, you know, I think a lot of it is how you treat. I think a name is a bare-ass minimum. I think extra credit on name is knowing that, the, like, the husband, wife, or kids of that person, maybe they're not patients, but the mom is, say. And if you're like, how's your husband, Rick? How are the kids doing? Different things like that. Like that, people love to talk about themselves. And when you give them a chance to really open up about themselves, one, you're opening up communication for them referring those people into your office without even trying to do so. But two, you start to make that person, person feel at home. And when they feel at home, they're not leaving you for somewhere else. They feel comfortable with you. I think a good example too is if you have something new or something, a uh, new product, in your business to make sure you introduce that to your current client. So we, we just did this with a new, a new scan that we use on patients to really check and see what's going on posturally and things. We, we did the new scan on every single old person we had. It was a new thing to them. My financial advisor, although I'm happy with some of the programs and stuff she has me in, just recently called and said, hey, I have this new thing. I think it's actually way better. And we just sat down and had a conversation and I switched some stuff around to that. So even if you think they're happy and they're, they're, they're yours forever, like you mentioned, introduce some of the new stuff you have, not just like physical products, but maybe new programs or new systems that you've implemented in your business. Well, if you're not evolving, you know, monthly in the world of business and, and almost daily and weekly, like you're going to get past because there's someone else that's coming out with something newer, better, faster, stronger, whatever the case may be. So even if people say no, thank you, like if you would have said no, thanks in the back of your head, you're thinking, I love that they're rocking and rolling and doing new shit. And and when I have a question, I know that they're out there, not just like I got your business nine years ago and I'm taking it for granted. I'm not going to even reach out, you know, forever. And I think that we say this, but like majority of businesses do this. Majority of people worry about, especially in the world of chiropractic, there's like weekend seminars and books you can buy on how do I get new patients? How do I get new patients? And no one talks about how do you take care of the damn patients right in front of you, the ones that you have, right? They're easier. They're with you. They're buying supplements. They're coming. They've referred. Their families. there. like, they're great clients. And so that's how you build a successful business. A restaurant doesn't build a restaurant on all new people all the time. Unless you're like at Disney World or something like that, that's a different model. But I mean, if, if you're a local restaurant, like you, you deal with locals, you deal with people that come in, you know their name, they want to sit at the bar, they love your food, they refer it, they want to bring company and like you build it from taking care of these people. And if you do it the right way, not only do you take care of those people and keep them, you also work on new people getting in and that's how your volume grows. But if you continually get new clients, new patients, new whatevers, and your volume doesn't grow, then you have what we would call a big backdoor problem, right? People are just coming in the front, leaving out the back, coming in the front, leaving out the back. And you're going to be exhausted. And so is your staff about trying to keep that shit together. You got to fix it. Plug it. I, I think that, that the restaurant analogy is about the best one you could give. You're just going to lead to the end of your business. I mean, that's how it yeah. is. You start to get this reputation of like, yeah, I don't know. That place, the food sucks or that customer service sucks. So you're pouring all this stuff on the front end. And like you said, yeah, right out the back door it goes. Reputation goes down the crapper and all not good. Well, and we talked the other day, uh, you know, we had an email talking about, you know, being good and being great and being extraordinary and all these things that great companies want to do. Chelsea, you hit on consistency earlier. Like, I think that there's certain things that good businesses do. They're consistent. They're friendly. 
you know, they, they, they do what they say they're going to do. Like there's some things that are just like, they're non-negotiable. If, if businesses I go to don't do the following, like I'm never going back. I don't go and say, holy shit, they opened at eight, just like they thought they were, or, oh my God, all their light bulbs are changed. You know, like I, that stuff I expect then there's great, right? Which takes all that a different level. They may have the golf bag tags. They may have even better music, a beautiful office. They're doing stuff that I'm like, you know what? This is cool shit, man. This is something that most people don't do. Then rarely they find a niche where they can do something extraordinary. These are people that change their profession. This is, this is Apple. This is Nike. These are the icons of all their professions. Um, they, Starbucks. They didn't only have a successful business model. They revolutionized the field that they're in. And that changed everything. It changed how we do phones. It changed how we listen to music. It changed how people record music. It changed what we pay for coffee. Like, you name it. These people changed the fucking ballgame in their industry. And I think we need to look at, if you really want to do that, then you have to ask yourself, am I doing stuff that's borderline just like on the cusp of greatness? Or am I just trying to meet their bare ass needs and keep my doors open? Jay, what was that story you were talking about? There's something with... I remember when you guys had bought, you have a Tesla and you bought your Tesla. I remember something about you guys went down there and it was like this personalization of the, the key and yep. your name was on the screen. And you, you, you're, I'm putting you on the spot. You no, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Vanessa bought a new Tesla. She did some research and, and uh, those that know Vanessa, like by the time we went into Tesla, she knew more about Teslas than the Tesla person. But, you know, she like when, when you order it, you know, she ordered the wheels that she wanted and the color and the seat color and the, all that type stuff. And so you schedule an appointment with Tesla. Like for one, they bring test drives to your car or to your house. So like when you're like, you're interested, you can just call them. They drive up in the Tesla and they'll let you drive it around. Then they take it away. So it takes like zero time. And then if you don't like that one, but maybe something else, they'll bring a next one, you know, a couple of days later, they'll bring a different model for you to try. Then you go through the entire build my Tesla thing. Then by that time, there's actual areas they have that like they only do like two an hour. And so you'll make an appointment and that's when you go pick up your car. When you pick up your car, you're greeted by a person. It's, it's like this amazing experience. It's like you're not in the room yet where your car is. So you're kind of excited. Then they open this door. You go back there. Your key is up on this table with bright lights on it. The doors are open. It's in a showroom. The lighting in the showroom is ex like extraordinary. No light bulbs out. No light bulbs are out. <laughs> then they're going to have a guy that's dedicated like the next hour and a half to show you everything. Sit in it. Move the seat back. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. Because their model is so different than other people. So yeah, that, that's a great example of like, holy shit, this is so much different than going to a car lot, you know, and going through this whole process, which no one really likes. They've not only revolutionized that, you know, uh, uh, non, non -electric, or electric cars, they've also revolutionized the, the industry of how that's sold and how you do that. And yeah, you know, I'm talking about it two, three years later, and she's getting ready to buy a new one here in the next few months, so. Yep. Good example. So, level for sure. But I think most people, most great companies do that. I mean, we all have those stories where you're just like, wow, that's incredible. And, and you talk about it. Like I said before, they didn't have to, like Tesla didn't have to say, uh, Vanessa, we're also looking to sell more cars. So if you know any people that we could refer to us, like, <laughs> like they weren't seeking referrals because instead they're like, look at this badass experience. We know you're going to tell people about Tesla when you leave. And she has. 
and we're talking about it today. And there's all these things that are like, yes, that's exactly what they did to be extraordinary versus being good or great. And I think that's a good example. So, yeah. uh, so as we wrap this up, give me a couple of thoughts of what people need to do, what people aren't doing, what's costing them. What do people need to do to get off being a hamster on a wheel? One thing I will say is just take a look at your experiences with your customers or your patients, or your clients, whatever it is, and make sure that make sure that it's genuine because there's nothing worse than going in somewhere. The bank teller is the example I have of this where you know that they have to ask like one personal question or something because it feels so forced and awkward and you're like, why are you asking me what I'm doing after this? Like I hate... I hate that. So make sure that you're being genuine and back to like probably half the podcast we've talked about, take a look at your staff that's in charge of that. Like are people being greeted? Are people genuinely not just like, Oh, this is part of my job that I have to do, but just look at that. Cause I hate that like awkward forced thing. Um, it's great when it's, when it is genuine though. So that's, that's one thing I guess that has to do with that. Genuine stole my idea. No, I, I was going to just piggyback off of that of just personalizing that too. And mm-hmm. it kind of also comes from being genuine of, of really knowing exactly who you're talking to. It's not a forced conversation. Um, I don't have a generalized bag tag. That was my bag tag that was on there. That kind of stuff I think is very personalized and I still talk about it because it's like, wow, they were really thinking of me when they gave me that little gift or the extra cup of coffee or whatever it was. It was directly for me. It's not something they're just doing for every person to try to win them over. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I love what you said there, Chelsea, because my example of that is every time you call into these 800 numbers to talk to some, and usually it's a bank, and I just, I, there's nothing in life I'd rather not do than have to call a bank and, and need anything, because it's just like a nightmare. But they're the same way. You're like, can I have your name? You're like, Jason Helfrick. They're like, great, what's your problem? And you say, I don't know, that this didn't happen. They're like, I'm sure that's a very big problem and that's very important to us. So let me see. And you're like, give me a break. Like stop reading the script and let's just get to work <laughs> on what needs to happen. But yeah. So I agree with that completely. I would say realistic people, entrepreneurs especially, sometimes get so set that they, they have the right way to do it, that they're not looking at why things are not going the way they need to. So I would say, Look at those that are kicking your ass in your profession. If you're a restaurateur and your restaurant's not getting it done with volume, but you know one down the street is crushed all the time, and you think you're busier and your staff is better and your food is better, I'm just telling you market is speaking. The free market speaks and people go where they want to spend their money. Bottom line is they want to spend their money there, not where you're at. So get your ass down there. Be another person that pays that entrepreneur and, and, and buy a meal down there and see what they're doing that you're not because they're providing something that you're not. And you have to be realistic and see like, what are other people doing to kick my ass? Because like I'll end this with, the market speaks. Business is beautiful. It doesn't care who you are, what you do, what you're all about, how your story is. It doesn't care if you're a good person, a shitty person, an honest person, a liar, like the market just goes where people want to spend their money and you got to take a realistic look at why you're not getting your share because there's an unlimited amount of money out there for you to get unlimited. People will spend money on anything. And if you can fill that niche and you have a badass business system and you have a badass idea or you've revolutionized an idea that's already previously been there, then people will line up to buy your product. 
If they're not, you need to get a new product or figure out a better way to introduce your product to the world. And that's what you have to take a real honest look at. So that's my take-home point. Uh, great stuff today. I think we could have talked as most topics about this one for uh, hours and hours because there's a lot of times people just aren't taking care of those that are there. So go out, figure out ways to take care of those VIPs in your house right now. Continue to grab more of those VIPs. Build your business. Keep kicking ass. Keep fighting. Keep screaming. Keep struggling. It's all worth it. It's all worth it. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Bye. All right. Okay. So.